So there's a Medrash Plio. Medrash Plio is a Sefer that basically accumulated all of the Medrashim that on its face do not have any logical, rational meaning. Normally you learn a Medrash, and it has some, we don't understand the depth of Medrashim, but at least at face value you can somewhat take something from it. There's a takeaway. Then there's some Medrashim that seem like so cryptic and so riddle-like that it just begs for some somebody to come and explain it. And there are many, many svarim that explain all these medrash pliyas. We have one actually down in the base medrash, a whole two-volume set called medrash pliya, and uh, it has multiple explanations on it. So in medrash pliya, in the 31st medrash pliya, Laman Aleph, it's uh, going on a pasuk in Shirashirim, Zion Yodalad. And the pasuk says, Hadudayim nasnu reach, ve'apsacheno kal megadim. What does that mean? The Pasuk says that the Dudaim, Dudaim is a type of, um, of, 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 of uh, like a flower, uh, jasmine maybe, Nas Nureach, it gave forth its odor, its aroma, and on our doorposts, Alpsachenu, by our doors, our Kalmagadim are all types of sweet goodies. That's, that Pasuk in itself needs a lot of explanation, but just to complicate it a little bit more, the Medrash Plia says as follows. Hadudayim nasnu reyach, when the Pasuk says in Shirashirim that those fragrant jasmines gave off their odor, gave off their aroma, zera uvein. It's a reference to Ruvain. Ruvain had the Dudam. He was the one that gave the Dudam to Rachel, and as a result of those Dudam, she had Yisachar and she she was able to spend the night. Leah was able to spend the night with with Yaakov, even though it was Rachel's night to spend with Yaakov, and and as a result, she had Yisachar and Zavolon. And it was because of those Dudam that Ruvain gave that uh, you know that that two Shvatim of Klal Yisrael were born. So anyway, we refer to the Dudaim. Ruvain is referred to as the Dudam. Hadudam nas nereach zeruvain shehitzel as Yosef menabar. He saved Yosef from the pit. Last week's parsha, all the brothers wanted to kill Yosef, and Ruvain said, "No, no, no. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a pit." And Ruvain's plan was that he would come back later and get him. As it turned out, he wasn't really the hero. Yehuda was the one that fished them out when he saw those merchants passing by. So, But Ruvain still is considered to be the one that saved Yosef because in theory he did. He, he really, he was the one that devised his plan to throw him into the pit. Otherwise he would have been dead already and he was planning on coming back. And Okay, so Ruvain is referred to as the Dudaim. Nasnu Reach, he gave forth a beautiful aroma because he saved Yosef. Valpsacheno Kalmagadim and on our doorposts, by our doors, are all sweet stuff. Zener Chanukah. That's a reference by the doorpost. The mitzvah, we, we light it indoors nowadays, but really the mitzvah, and in Eretz Yisrael, that's what they do. Even in Lander we do it. By, um, um, you know, by the dorms, a lot of boys buy these fish tanks and they light it. By the uh, near the the doorpost, the mezuzah is on one side and the Hanukkah licht is on, on the on the other side, and so alpsachenu kal megadim. By our doorposts are all sweet stuff. That's ner Hanukkah. So now we have to figure out 
what in the world does Reuven's saving of Yosef have to do with the fact that by the doorposts there are Neiris Hanukkah? So what I was thinking to say is as follows. You know, we, we celebrate Hanukkah and, but very few people know what precipitated all of these events of Hanukkah. Did they just happen because, you know, the Ivanim just happened to be very strong and they conquered Eretz Yisrael and they, they came into the Beis HaMikdash? Or did something happen that we did to bring that? Generally, things don't happen in a vacuum. Because we sin, that's when things happen that are not so good. So what did we do wrong to deserve that the Ivanim should come in and, and, and try to acculturate us and try to change everything that's going on? So the Bach in Shulchan Aruch on the Halachas of Hanukkah gives us an explanation. He says something, I don't know where he gets it from, but the Bach had a Kabbalah, had a Messiah, that the reason why this whole episode of Hanukkah happened was because Shehisrash Lubavayda, Klal Yisrael got very lazy when it came to doing the Avedah. They weren't doing mitzvahs with the right brand. They didn't have all of the enthusiasm. And uh, eventually, even the, I think they stopped bringing a carbon tamid, if that's possible. And they, they just basically, we were not really doing what we were supposed to be doing. And so as a result of the fact that we were very shvach in our mitzvahs, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the Ivanim in to remind us that we're really supposed to be better. And so there's no bigger wake-up call to the fact that you're not doing your Avedah right, you're not doing the Avedah and the Beis HaMikdash right, than having the Ivanim come into the Beis HaMikdash and, and wreak havoc there. Bo, Pritzim Echilu, the Pritzim, the terrible um, people came in and were mechalo, they desecrated all that was holy and they contaminated all of the oils save one jug. That all was a wake-up call. That was an einish as a result of the fact that we were not doing what we were supposed to be doing, plain and simple. And so we took up arms, just a few, a band of uh, rabbis took up arms against the, the mighty Syrian Greek, Greek army. It was uh, like the, the Navy SEALs of the time with all the weaponry of the time and, and farly, far outnumbered Rabbi Ma'atim. And it was a kamikaze mission that these few Jewish men undertook. It wasn't Shaykh to have Matasyo Bonov. You know, he wasn't the Rambo that he was depicted as in, in all the coloring books. He was Talmud Chacham Ovak. These were Kaihanim, Kaihanim Gedalim, and uh, probably looked a lot more like Rebel Yashiv or Steinemann than, uh, you know, than anyone else Laavdu. And we won. Against all odds, it was a crazy thing. It was a miracle, and we won. But even having won the war, the simcha must not have been so great. You know why? Because they knew that they had brought this upon themselves. They weren't. They weren't. You know, out of it. They understood that when they saw all that was unfolding before their eyes and the contamination of the Mikdash, they knew that they themselves were the ones that really contaminated the Mikdash far before and more <coughs> intensely than the Ivanim did. They were the ones that did it. And so, yes, we won the war, but there was still a taint 
on the whole episode of guilt. We did it. So we did Okay, a nace happened, but we were matriach the Rebbeinu to cause a nace that maybe was unnecessary. Like if we would have been good, if we had done the right thing, then this whole nace would not have been necessary. So what happened was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us another nace of Hanukkah. The Mochama was the major nace, but then there was another seemingly unnecessary nace. The, the first nace was absolutely necessary. We wouldn't be here today if not for that. We would all be speaking Greek and, and you know, I'd, we'd probably look a lot better, you know, not like the donuts, but, uh, you know, we'd probably look a lot more like Rambo Taka. But now that, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, you know, we won, and we, that's why we celebrate eating a lot of oil to show what a Yid really should look like. And, um, but things would have looked a lot different. So we, we probably thought, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us, but he's probably still bragging with us. He's probably upset with us. That, you know, it's not like a, a big, uh, you don't deserve a ticker tape, Ray, when you destroy everything, and then, and then um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to bring up on him a nace to save us. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought another miracle, which is really not really necessary even. Why is it not necessary? Of course it's necessary. You have, uh, you have to light Menaira every day in the base of Israel. It didn't light Menaira. So the Pnei Yeshua famously says that there is a, that there are Gemaras that say that Toma is Hotro B'tzibor. Toma is Hotro B'tzibor, meaning, if, yeah, the base of Israel is defiled, but guess what? If it happened in a public area, then you're allowed to, then Toma is Hotro. Obviously it's better not to, but you're, there, there's a special dispensation, B'tzibor, that Tomah Sotra, you would have been allowed L'chatchila to light these Neres Hanukkah, and nobody would have said boo. The, all the Kanam would be fine with it. It's La'alacha, it's a big OU on lighting in, in such a circumstance. But yet HaKadosh went and performed this miracle for us that what should have taken, what should have only remained lit for one night, remained lit for eight full nights. And the way Reb Chaim Shmulevitz puts that Nakuda in his Sefer is that this was an Ashika of the Rabbi Nishlam. This was a kiss that the Rabbi Nishlam gives to Klal Yisrael. As if to say, yes, you messed up. Yes, you made me perform a big miracle, but yes, I love you still. You shouldn't think that I'm bragging with you. I'm not mad at you. I have no tainess. It's over. We're friends. We're, we're, we're still in love. And I'm giving you this miracle because it's a kiss. And never forget it. Just parenthetically, I think that's why the Rambam writes that he uses a very unusual lush. Normally the Rambam doesn't wax poetic in the middle of halachas. But he says that by Hilchas Hanukkah, by the Menorah, he says that the mitzvah ad lakas ner Hanukkah is mitzvah chaviva hi adma aid. It's a beloved mitzvah. It's exceptionally beloved, this mitzvah. Why is this mitzvah more beloved than any other mitzvah in the Torah? Not clear. The Nisikalim deal with it. They say because you see in the Gemara in Shabbos that Haragel Bener having Lebanim Tamid Chachamim. It's a you know it's a big school to have children or Tamid Chacham if you light Neiris Chanukas. Maybe that's why it's beloved. But I think according to this var of Rambam Shlomo, it's very partial why it's beloved because it's the Chavivas is the whole mitzvah came about to show Chavivas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cared enough about us and wanted to make sure that we know that he, that he still loves us, that 
he made this additional unnecessary mitzvah, unnecessary nes, to convey the chavivas that he has towards us. So the Menayah really became emblematic of the chavivas that exist between us and the Rebbein because otherwise there, wouldn't, there would be no purpose of it. Interesting that the Rav started with the, the Pasuk from where? Sheh Hashem. Excellent. Well song. It reminds me also that just a similar kind of idea, famous going on Anani HaKovod by Sukkot, right? So he says, you know, wait, it should be Pesach, right? So it was the return of the Anani HaKovod that symbolized after the Mishkan, you know, Chedai right. Gal, right. Very good. And I think that this is really what's going on with our Hanukkah today. Because, you know, we know that there is an order for all the Yom Taivim of the year. The calendar is not, nothing is random. So like you were saying before, you have, you know, Rosh Hashanah, then Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. Obviously Rosh Hashanah leads into Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Ani HaKavit, and Tshuva uh, Meira uh, versus Tshuva Me'ava. And then we go down the calendar. What's the next stop on the train? We're at it, right? Hanukkah. By Hanukkah, it's a, it's a funny time on the calendar because it's a time that we really have like a, a, a gut check of how we're doing on all of those Kabbalists of the last Yom Taiv, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So we were such good boys then. Rosh Hashanah, we made Kabbalists, Yom Kippur, we, we fasted and we sang and we clapped al chait and, and ten biduyim one after another. And we were going to be so perfect. And then Sukkot was Simcha and... and, and, and Beautiful. And now we're like in the thick of winter. Like a few months away. Now we have a fair, we can give ourselves a fair evaluation about how we're holding. And it doesn't always look so good. We always, oftentimes people tend to, to fall and to fail, and that's human and it's normal. But the Yantiv of Hanukkah comes about at this time of year and we light the menorah because we need that kiss from the Rabbi Nishlam. We need to be reminded that, yes, it's dark, and yes, it's gloomy, and yes, we're not faring as well as possibly we thought we would at this point of the calendar, but yet the Yantiv of Hanukkah comes at a perfect time to remind us that the same love and affection that we had towards the Rabbi Nishlam, that the Rabbi Nishlam had towards us, that Ani Ludaydi relationship, exists even today. And just like by Yom Mahim, they had this feeling of guilt, but yet the Menorah validated their, their understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us and, and always will. Hanukkah is situated right now in our calendar, Basman Hazeh, to remind ourselves that yes, we, we might not be doing so well, we might have a lot of Chatayim that we've racked up since Rosh Hashanim Kippur Sukkot, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu still loves us. That Chavivos is still very much here with us, and that's what the Menorah symbolizes. It's a mitzvah which is Chavive Ad Ma'id. The Chavivos of Hanukkah is supposed to, as we light the Menorah, it's supposed to be that same feeling that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us a kiss, saying, I'm with you, no matter what happens, I'm still with you. You can say the same thing about Purim too. They, they, they were forgetting the Torah, and then there was a miracle. Yeah. Hanukkah and Purim are very, very uh, closely related.
So, as Chanukah enters, we make the brach of It's a time that we thank God that we've arrived at. And even though everything seems bleak and it's dark and it's cold and, it's, uh, and we don't feel like as clean as we should be at this point, but we know that Kodesh Baruch Hu still loves us and he allowed us to come to this Yantav of Chanukah. And with the Hadlakas Neris, we get that same Nishika, the same kiss that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us um, in the times of the Chashmainan. It's interesting, you know, the, the shir that we say every day on Chanukah is Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis David. And we say there are Mimcha Hashem Kidilisani, you have, we will exalt in you because you have lifted us up. Dilisani is like a dali, like a pitcher, like a pail that's that's lifted up from the from the well. You've raised us. You have not allowed our enemies to rejoice over us. Now, what what when what was this talking about? Why is this the Shir Shalyam of Hanukkah and what and, and, and in what period of history is this addressing, this whole um, parak of, of Til and parak Lamed. So Rashi and the Radak say that this whole capital of Tilim was a reference to David HaMelech's Chet. David HaMelech, we know, had a very uh, difficult-to-understand episode with Uriachiti and with, uh, with Bathsheba, and um, and what happened was that it was a very hard part to understand. No, I was just remembering the It was a very hard part to understand, and the um, and all of the enemies of David Amelech, all of his uh, all of the people that were out to get him, felt that he was a sinner, and that he was not worthy of being. Uh, being the Melech and being uh, and 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 certainly not building the base of Mikdash. In fact, he didn't build the base of Mikdash, but Shlema Melech did. He built the base of Mikdash, and when Shlema Melech of all people, who was the son of David Melech, built the base of Mikdash, <laughs> that was one way that the enemies of David Melech, all the naysayers that said David Melech was a chayte and he's not worthy of anything. They all of a sudden started becoming very quiet because they saw that Shlema Melech did successfully build the base of Mikdash, and they saw that as some, you know, as almost a vindication of David Melech and how he did tshuva and how everything that he did was um, justified in the end. Wasn't Shlema also the son of Bathsheba? Yes, exactly. Very good. But there's another Gemara in my cotton on Naftesim and Aleph that gives another reason. All this is alluded to in the Mepharshim and the Kapitel Tullam, that when David HaMelech, when, when Shlem HaMelech was inaugurating the Beis HaMikdash, so they were bringing the Aaron in. It was a very big, uh, elaborate, you know, pseudo that they made, and everybody was there. All of Klai Yisrael came to see this great uh, Chanukah Sabayis. That's Mizmashir Chanukah Sabayis. This was the song that was sung. So what happened? As soon as they tried to bring the Aaron in, the Sha'arim were Dovku Zebazeh, the gates of the Heichal, they shut, they sealed. 
and they were not able to break through the door. So the whole, the sort of put a damper on the whole ceremony because, you know, when you don't, does anyone have the key? Does anyone know how to go open this thing? No. You know, sometimes you're like in a shul and they can't get the separate out of the yard, nobody has the key. It's something like that, but a million times worse. And so they didn't know what to do. And the Gemara says that Shlema Melech said 24 renanis, 24 songs, for like Nanan, he wasn't answered. Pasach va'amar, he opened his mouth and he said, let the doorways, let the gateways open their heads. For like Nanan, he still wasn't answered. And then he said another Pasach, Hashem alekim al David, remember the chesed of David? Miyad Nanan, all of a sudden the door is opened, the Oz, the Gemara says, Nebchuk Nesayne David Kishulek Adera. All of those naysayers, all of those doubters, all of the haters of David, their faces became like blackened, like the bottom of a pot. That's how embarrassed they became. Everybody knew that Akadosh forgave David Amelech for that sin. So that was the whole capital. You didn't allow my, the people that hated me, my enemies, to rejoice. And that's the whole capital, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you were so good to me, at Mizmar Sheikh HaNagas meaning this is all written by David HaMelech Baruch David wasn't alive when this happened. It was all Baruch HaKadosh Namar. David HaMelech foresaw that he would be justified, that he would be vindicated. He would be absolved of all of the, the Chet through the Binyin Beis HaMikdash. And I think that that's the parallel of Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah is also, it's a time that Klal Yisrael felt Chet, and then comes Hanukkah, it's a vindication of the Chet. The, the, the kiss that we got from the Nase of the Bach Hashem and showed that we were absolved. HaKadosh Baruch was Meichelas entirely. And, and even Bismaneinu, we have Chatam, we're in the middle of winter, it's a far, you know, a far journey already from from the, 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 the exalted days of, of, of Elul and Tishrei, we had already Cheshvan and now most of Kislev, and we're not doing that well as we, as we could be, we're already starting to slip. Kesh gives us another reminder that you're good, I love you, everything is good, that you have a Hanukkah, I gave you Hanukkah, Dafka now, it was on purpose that I gave it to you now, to uplift your spirits and to make your eyes illuminated with the reality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, still loves us very deeply. And David HaMelech writes in that capital, Hashem HaLisa Misha'el Nafshi, you raised me up from the, from the grave of my soul, meaning you were Mechayami, you uplifted me from the soul that I was going to be going down to Gehenim. Chisani, and you gave me life, miyardibar, from going into a pit. When I feel like I'm in a pit, you lifted me out of the pit. That's what Hanukkah is all about. Hanukkah is, I feel sometimes I'm in a pit, and Hanukkah comes and raises me out. It gives me the, 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 the light of Hanukkah, gives us the ability to see further, to be inspired, and to go further into the year, feeling that we're okay, that we're still good. 
Who is the first person to be thrown into a pit? This last week's parsha, Yosef at Sadik. And he had everything going for him, Yosef. He was he was very handsome. He was beloved to his father. He learned all the Torah from him. And then everything went black. He went, he was thrown into a pit with snakes and scorpions. It doesn't get much worse than that. And Yosef knew that his brothers were the ones that plotted to really kill him. But that Reuven was the one who said, I'm going to save him. And he went and threw Yosef into a pit. Now, Yosef was down on the bottom of the pit. What do you think that he was thinking? Besides that, you know, this is really not a good matzav. This is not, you know, this is like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. My own brothers hated me so much that they wanted to kill me. But yet at the same time, there was a silver lining in that Reuven, one of his brothers, stepped up to the plate and saved him. And by throwing him into the pit, it's, it's bad. But the smell of the dudayim that was on Yosef by Reuven putting him down into the pit, that dudayim, I don't know if it was a physical smell or it was a spiritual smell, but the, the smell of the dudayim, this beautiful aroma that emanated from Reuven's action, that, that was accompanying Yosef down in the bar. That gave him hope. Somebody in the world cared enough about me to try to save my life. And he'll probably try to come back and rescue me. That was his plan. Maybe as he was putting him in the bar, he whispered to him, don't worry, I'm going to come back later. I'm going to rescue you. So even when Yosef was in the pit, the dudam were nasnu reach. There was a smell of, of reach that was emanating from the dudam. And that's what the Medrash means, Hadudam Nasnurech, that was Ruvain. Hadudam Nasnurech, the Pasuk says. The aroma of the Dudam gave off an odor. That was Ruvain who saved Yosef from the pit. You know why? He didn't actually save it. He threw him into a pit of snakes. But what gave Yosef the hope that kept him alive down there was the fact that he had the Dudam with him. He had that smell, that beautiful aroma. And that was the kiss that he had down there. Even in the darkness of the bar, he had the, the smell that was permeating in the bar that kept him alive, that reminded him, it's going to have a happy ending. Things will get better. I just so recently heard recently the same idea, and they, they didn't you know, touch on this, which is, you know, we... I'm getting to that because this is the next step is what Rav Chaim thought say this is I'm, I'm coming in and out of Rav Chaim whatever I'm saying what he says I'm yeah. quoting him but excellent he says that as Yosef was being he was taken from the bar Yehuda pulled him up they sold him to the Ishmaelim and on that caravan the pasuk goes and says that there were spices Nechais for light right what's Nechais for light for light Beautiful spices. So Rashi says, you know, this is a very unusual experience because Arabs are not known 
for smelling really good. If you ever, whatever, without getting into into racial stuff, but Arabs are not, and Arabs deal, generally speaking, what the normal cargo of an Arab would be uh, naft and, and different types of oils and tars and like really foul-smelling stuff. So punked of all of the Arabs that he could have hitched the ride with or, or been taken down the time, he, had the, he, ha- he happened to have the good fortune <laughs> of having that, the smell of, of, of beautiful spices accompanying him. That's what Rashi says. Because he was a tzaddik, he deserved that spice smell. Zakti Chaim Shmulevitz, and he's saying it like comparing it to Hanukkah, but he doesn't say the whole Medrash plane everything, but he does take it. I mean, I'm saying how the dumb Nasrallah is the smell in the bar. He's saying, and when he came out of the bar, he had that smell, and that smell was what? What Chaim says, it can't get much worse. I mean, the guy is mamish being sold down to the Nile, literally, you know, in Egypt, going to Egypt. Being a slave, going to Paitifar, you know, he, he was mamish he was on the top of the world, now he's crashing down very, very rapidly. Does it really matter that there is some nice smell and spices? Who cares? Is that really so important in, this, in the narrative over here? He's, he's suffering. You think of people, you know, without getting, you know, in a cattle car, you know, does it matter what it smelled like? A, a little better, a little. Why is the Pasuk being madgish? That there was there were these smells. So Reb Chaim says that this was a kiss from the Rebbeinu and when he smelled these spices, when he smelled these beautiful aroma, Yosef, being the tzaddik on the high level that he was, understood that Hakadosh was sending a message that Iman I'm here with you. I love you. I care about you. Don't think that I'm mad at you and that I'm 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 I'm, I'm abandoning you. As bleak and dark and awful as things seem, I'm here with you, and here's your kiss. So there was Dudan that he smelled in the bar. When he came out of the bar, the smell continued in the caravan with the Arab spices. All of these are kisses that Akrish gave him. And I think that's the Pshat in the Medrash Pliya. That Hadudam Nasnu Reach. The Dudam gave off a flavor, a smell, when Yosef was on the bottom of the pit and he smelled that smell, he was reminded HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves him. And our, on our doorposts are all the sweet smells, all the Geshmaka things. Zen Ner is the same exact, it's the same parallel. It's mamish parallel cases. They're both kisses from the Rabbeinu Shalom. The Dudam was a kiss to Yasef in the bar, and we are in a bar, we were in a bar during the time of Hanukkah, we're in deep despair, terrible circumstances, acculturation, and, and a threat to our very Yiddishkeit, to everything that we stand for, everything that we wanted to do was being undermined because of our Averas. Chisani miyardi bar. You were mechayami in the bar. You gave me the Ner Hanukkah. The Ner Hanukkah was the kiss that kept me illuminated so brightly when everything seemed so dark. You know, it's interesting. There is another version of this Medrash Pliya that says at the end, Chadashim Gam Yishanim. Old things and new things. That's the end of the puzzle. Or Yishanim Gam Chadashim, I don't know, anyone ever learned Cheshim? Okay. 
Some, I'm not sure. It's either Chadashim Gam Yishanim or Yishanim Gam Chadashim. You look it up. Chadashim Gam Yishanim. Is there an end to that part? A few more words? Doidi Savantalach, right. So, what does that mean? So, the Medrash says like this. The Medrash plea continues and says, You know what Chadashim Gam Yishanim means? Chadashim Zener Chanaka. The Gam Yishanim Mezuzah. Mezuzah is an old mitzvah. You found that, Kirsa, in the Medrash? Yeah, but no, it's just true. Remembering the, the, the Zohar that says a similar thing. Okay. So, Chadashim is Nechanah. It's a mitzvah Durabon. It's a new mitzvah. The Gam Yeshanim, the old mitzvah Mezuzah. Absalchinu kal Magab. There are all types of Geshmaka things by my door. I have a Nechanaka, that's the new stuff. Then I have an, an old stuff, Mezuzah. Now, what's the connection between a Nechanaka and a Mezuzah? I always bother me. The, there has to be some connection between them. But you know what I think the connection is? What do we do with the mezuzah every time we pass it? Kiss it. Give it a kiss. And what is a ner chanuk? A ner chanuk is Hakadosh Baruch Hu giving us a kiss. It's anila daidi v'daidi li. We kiss the rabbi Shalom, The rabbi Shalom kisses us back. It's a relationship of pure ava Hanukkah. and that's I think pashup shot in that medrash pliya. Hadudam Nasnareach Yasef was in the darkest dungeon, but he always smelled the Rabbi Nishlam, he always felt the Rabbi Nishlam's kiss. He, and he loved the Rabbi Nishlam. Yasef had Sadik. He proved himself time and time again. He had the Nishika back and forth between him and the Rabbi Nishlam. Carrying forth the legacy of Yasef, we have by our doorpost, Adayayim. We have a Nerchanaka on one side, we have a Mezuzah on the other side. The Ner Chanukah reminds us that Baruch is kissing us, even in the darkness of Gullus, even in the worst times. We remember that Akadosh Baruch Hu gives us these nishikas, and likewise we give Akadosh Baruch Hu nishika as well. Whenever we go into a house or come out of a house, we kiss the mezuzah. It's a minig, very old minig. It's not some. Uh, it's a very, very ancient minig to kiss the mezuzah because what you're basically saying is that I love you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. You know, it's interesting that. I find it all the time. Unfortunately, I was trying to think of good examples. Um, of, uh, but, but you find it all the time. I, I have many things I just can't remember. I don't, the, the Sutton doesn't let me. From now on, I have to write down whenever I have a good example of things. But like, you know, sometimes you get Ashkach Pratis, and then if you don't write it down, you, you forget it. But you, sometimes you're like, wow, that's like an amazing Ashkach Pratis. But then like, if you don't write it down, you don't repeat it or something, then you just got because the Yitzhara doesn't want you to remember because that's like, that's too powerful. But a lot of times, I know personally, like, you know, things are really bleak in my life, you know, sometimes. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm not comparing myself to any, you know, really, really bleak situation. But personally, you know, things, sometimes we all have things that don't go our way. And we have, you know, issues that we have to deal with, with people and with things and whatever. But if you're observant and you're, you know, on the ball... Pay attention, because whenever I go through, and I'm sure you have the same thing, when you go through a really tough time, there's little kisses that come during that time. You get little, like, flashes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it's okay. It might be that, you know, you get, like, a, a letter in the mail from an old friend, or you get a, a text that's funny, or just to cheer up your day. Or, it might be little things. 
Or it might be big things. Maybe, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you close a big business deal or you, uh, you know, or I don't know, you get a raise or uh, something like that. That did not happen, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but I could dream still, right? But, but something, you know, there are all the time somebody comes over and compliments you or, or you know, or just, just some nice thing happens to, to, to give you a pick-me-up. Because that's where the Rabbi Nisham works. The Rabbi Nisham, when things are really dark and it doesn't seem like, you know, there's any hope in sight, HaKadosh Baruch says, there is hope. And here, here's a kiss. And here's, a, here's some matzri, mat nechesh, some, some, uh, some light, some nechesh, uh, some, some, I'm going to, you have a smell, you have a kiss, you have a, a taste, you see something, you, you meet somebody, something comes and you say, wow, this is from the Rabbi Nisham. You see a bumper sticker on the car in front of you, Bitachan Emuna, you know, love Hashem, Hashem loves it. Something happens that gives you like just a, a quick reminder that there is a revenge. And that's not coincidental. Because just like Yasef Hakrishbrach was very intent on sending him those Nashikas, and during the times of David Amalek, he sent big Nashikas and during to, to remind everybody that David Amalek is David Amalek. And we have Hanukkah. Every time in the middle of the winter, when we need it the most, we need to feel a little rejuvenated, comes Hanukkah, the, the, the beautiful mitzvah that's near Chavivi Ad Ma'id. It's true with every single time in life. We, the problem is we don't, we, we like, we're so fabissant, we're so like, you know, bitter and upset that we wouldn't notice a bumper sticker that Hashem loves you in front of your car. You're just like, you'd be honking the horn, the guy's not moving fast enough. You know, or, you know, Something gets in the way. The Yitzhar doesn't want. But if you're, if you pay attention, you will see and you will feel. And I had it a thousand times. And sometimes I hop that this is the revenge that I'm talking. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it goes right over my head. But if you're, if you want to see these types of things, you'll see it all the time. Because Akashvaka really does love us. It's not just a cliche. It, it, he really loves us and. He wants, just like a parent, when you see your child upset about something, you want to go over and give a hug, give a kiss, and try to make them, you know, tickle them until, they, until they're, they're back themselves. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. We're, we're his children. He wants us to, to know that he loves us. He cares about us. He's here for us. But he has to, at the same time, do what he's doing for a more cosmic reason. There has to be some, uh, 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 an Einish or a Kapara or whatever has to happen. That's a different Cheshwim. But at the same time, even in the Cheshkes HaGolos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly sends us these beautiful reminders, these beautiful little flourishes, little touches of tenderness to show us that he's here and that he's with us and that he loves us and that we should never forget it. And thank you very, very much.